want to see you coming back in here with fucking jumpsies. I want to see you coming back in here with bloodstained jumpsies, lads. Look at anybody going sitting up a pint with those boys after that. And the referee is looking around and acting as Mickey. Tell the children to play tennis or something. If they want to play tennis, go and play tennis. Well, what's the crack? Welcome to the Three Men Weave, the balls out of the EGA podcast. Ahead of a huge weekend, a huge hurling weekend, it's back. Woo! <laughs> That's Mick McCarthy. Mick, how's the form? You're Good. obviously excited. Excited. Excited before the semi-finals. Oh, it's lovely. Do, do, do you know the problem is, right? I've built up this weekend's last year was so incredible, as you'll remember, that if it's even like a percent less as exciting as last year, I'll be disappointed. I have, yeah. I have built up to a similar expectation this weekend. It's a fair point, yeah. We need two draws uh, to go to once again kind of uh, live up to the, the hype of the hurling championship. And Mark Farley, you're back. I'm back to hopefully bring some factual accuracy to this podcast what because I listened to a lot of fake news on Monday when I was ah, away. You've got numerous, numerous grieve, grievous errors that... Uh, you've complaints. I have a lot of complaints. What? I can't errors. remember a lot of them right now because it's a few <laughs> days since I listened to it. But uh, first, first and foremost, yes, we're talking about Jonathan Lyne and uh, you should be calling him Jonathan Lynn. PJ corrected you. And you asked him, why have people been calling him Jonathan Lynn then? <laughs> Which reminded me of this Only Fools and Horses slip. Trig, why'd you call me Dave? My name's not Dave. My name's Rodney. I thought it was Dave. No, it's Rodney. You sure? Yeah, I'm positive. I've looked it up on my birth certificate and my passport and everything. It is definitely Rodney. Oh, well, you live and learn. So what's Dave? Nickname, right? No! You're the only one who calls me Dave. Everybody else calls me Rodney. And the reason they call me Rodney is because Rodney is my name. Oh, well, I shall have to get used to calling you Rodney. Thank you. Yeah, Basil, you're going to get this meeting started. Me and Dave ain't got all night. Rodney! Yeah, yeah. Nobody's been calling him Jonathan Lynn. I don't know where he's got that out of. He's been Jonathan Lynn since he was a young fella. I'd say... Even his, fa- his father before him was a line. So you, um, I don't know why you guys are calling him Lynn. <laughs> you came in here on a made up thing on Tuesday morning, like you know, swinging wildly with a hurley, you know, full on attacking. Like we had to duck for cover. Didn't think we were going to even make it to Friday show. So angry about this, and it dawned on me that I think I might have been confusing him with Jonathan Glynn, the or Galway Jeremy hurler. Jeremy Lynn. No, I don't think I was confusing him with Jeremy Lynn. Lynn Sanity. I just can't believe that you, Mark Farley are bringing this up when you, Mark Farley, spent two weeks calling Cahill McShane, Tyrone Ford, Paul McShane, but Reading centre-back. I know he's Cahill McShane. It's just no, a you Freudian don't. slip. <laughs> I do. It happened twice. Yeah, but it's just, it's just a Freudian slip. I just keep, every time I think McShane, I just automatically say Paul because he's been the only McShane in my life for so long. And you do a kind but, of a header motion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but I don't, I don't go around going, why, have everybody, why is everybody calling him Paul McShane then? I know he's Cahill. It's just an accident. It is a fair, it is a fair difference. Um, my favourite trigger Dave moment, though, uh, other than that one, was when they had to have bets over what the baby was going to be called. And it was like, if it's a girl, they're going to call it so-and-so after Cassandra's mother. And if it's Signori. a baby... after the... It was, if there's a girl, they're going to call it the actress after the actress. Yeah. <laughs> like Beppe Signori. Sigourney. 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 <laughs> Sigourney is one of the two actresses I've always pronounced wrong. Talking about names, I've always pronounced... Which one is it again? 
I call it Signori. Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver. Signori Weaver. <laughs> and I always pronounce Penelope Cruz. Pene- Penelope Cruz. <laughs> Penelope. <laughs> You've jumped over the punchline here, which is, and if it's a boy, they're going to call it Rodney after Dave. <laughs> I decided to tune out for all that because I don't know if I've ever seen 80s episode. nostalgia. You've never seen an episode of Only Fools and Horses? No, I don't know. I don't know. I've seen, like, this I'm, is a lot of it. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> what? Back to Harland semi-finals. We have some serious business to talk and, about here. On Sunday evenings on RT, I remember they used to have a run of like Only Fools and Horses, Cheers, that, those kind of programs used to be on. And I used to kind of dip in and out, but they've all blended into one in a sense. So I'm not really sure about the differentiating. Oh, I wish You're I could not- take a picture of Mark's face. He's furious. incredible. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm from a different era, Mark. I also don't watch huge on TV. From a different era? Should Jesus, I'm from a different era, Only Fools and Horses as well. It doesn't mean I've never seen an episode. <laughs> yeah, but so, so then, see, this is what I'm talking about. Sunday Night TV is your forte, whereas I'm not necessarily as a, it's not an expert. Though. Oh, it Only is. Fools and Horses, like, historically brilliant television is everybody's forte, surely. He's an angry, he's angry. He's yeah. angry, Tony. <laughs> I'm angry, Tony. <laughs> Only with the horses. Like, I mean, I feel really angry at one in one way, and really uh, excited for you in another way that you have the entire back catalogue of Only Fools and Horses to go through. Morris like, won't be watching that because he's got uh, he has to watch that Shamrock Rovers match from last night four times yeah. before the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> he has to uh, look up the nineteen ninety seven Ulster football preliminary round between Antrim and Down to watch it for the twelfth time. Um, yeah, I was in Tala last night and it was brilliant. A lot better than Only Fools and Horses. Um, <laughs> it wasn't a <laughs> It was better than Wolves and Crusaders, which I was watching. Can we talk about some feckin' hurling? That's Cricket, th- lads, is unbelievable. It is. It's rained off, though, so... Quick, let's, let's get this done so we can go out and watch it. <laughs> let's talk about uh, Tiberi and Cork. The, an unbelievable under-20s final during the week. So Tiberi, 3-15, Cork, 2-17. Uh, what was interesting about this game... Uh, we talked about the Munster football final last week on the podcast and then this week you've got the hurling final and the only difference is that you actually got senior hurlers who are playing with their seniors actually play involved in these games. So last year, the classic example was we were talking about all these amazing Cork under-21s, uh, Mick, and yeah. I think Fitzgibbon had an absolute stormer this time of last year. He did, yeah. And uh, the hype, maybe that would have given them good senior. This year is not as big an issue because not as many of them are actually involved. So Robert Downey played for Cork, obviously, um, and he played for Cork uh, during the week and Jake Morris played for Tipperary and if people haven't seen it the goal is incredible it's well worth checking out um, the game itself is incredible but the, that particularly the, like it poses an interesting question though right Mick because there's like there is a I remember after the Kerry game there was a lot of complaints that they don't have their senior uh, stars probably yeah. fair enough for it available to them and I kind of I mean, at the time, I was kind of struck by the. I actually don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Oh, I don't know. I think it's meant it's really lessened that competition. Um, but but I suppose I suppose Morris's point is because uh, I'm going to disagree as well. But like I think Morris's point is it's not about that competition being lessened. It's about whether these guys need to be protected in a way that they don't need to be playing every competition that they're technically available for. But if David Clifford and Sean O'Shea and whoever else of four or five Kerry lads are playing in a Super 8 game at the weekend, do they need to re- really need to be going off and playing a different game? Midweek they should yeah, know like, they be playing that. And I think, I think the football is going to change back next year. Anyhow, but it's the time of year. Is, and maybe it would be actually better without them. Like Maybe it is just the scheduling thing, but it's completely forgotten about at this time of year 
the competition itself. Yeah, yeah, but that's always not been the way for hurling. Hurling's always been on around this time, and I mean, Jake Morris is playing before he's going to go out and play an All Ireland semi final this weekend, and he's playing a few days before. And I'm so, like, Jake Morris is someone that we'll talk about in a minute, but he's not to the fore. But if that was like Adrian that, Mullen, who's playing starting in both and actually had a squad injury, but playing with the under twenties, yeah, exactly. Like he yeah. would have been playing. Like it's just a it's just a done thing. You don't get you don't get let off and. The question is: Do you should you be playing a game the week before you're yeah, playing so like on the same week that you're playing on? Yes, yeah, and so my my argument has always been like I remember David Clifford when he first broke onto the Kerry senior team. I'm not talking about championship. I'm talking about with the league of 2018. He broke in, and I remember he 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 got taken off against Mayo because he had a quad injury. And that week he played in three day in seven days. He played three games, right? So he was down in Clarny playing for the Kerry seniors. Then he was playing a Fitzgibbon game. Was in Belfast playing the game for Fitzgibbon and then was in Casabar, got an injury. So that was three games in seven days. He was totally overplayed because of overlapping competitions. If you were to ask any of Clifford O'Shea, um, Jim O'Connor, Zeller Drozel, there's a few others, Darren Moynihan maybe, uh, if you were to ask them to play now, you're talking about already the bulk of them will play, um, will play, fo- will play four games in five weeks now, right? So they'll play, yeah. they'll play three Super 8's games, they only have a week break, really, because it's 1-1, one, one, break, 1, and then they've got a semi-final after that. And to throw another game on top of that, I think, is unfair. I don't think it does their development any benefit. I also don't know if they necessarily need it at under 20. Are they not just, like, we know that they're ready for senior. Is that not the, is it is under 20 not supposed to be the bridging point? And if it is, then surely you use that to develop players who might be able to come up and assist them. That's grand if you're from Kerry, but say if, say, they declare... They hurling team that won the three under 21s in a row do you not think that it makes better players out of tony kelly and uh colin galvin and podge collins and shane o'donnell and all these guys to be going out and proving that they can win all irelands and that they're as good a group of hurlers as anybody in the country they need to put themselves up against that if they're as they were with that clare team that like it's a weird thing that clare won all ireland so early in that in 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 that run of those players because they were such a young team but like they knew they could win finals. They knew they were as good as anybody. But it's very hard to be the leader of a team when you're going in just a senior and all, the bulk of the best players are all 20. In actually the same way as is even in Kerry at the moment. You know what I mean? And these lads going off winning all Ireland's as they did at minor level, at least with these yeah. with the Kerry teams. You know, um, it kind of again, it's just a, it does make it a slightly different proposition. But I do think there's a massive value to it, even if you're already an established senior player. But I do think you're right in that the time of year. It is unfair to ask them to go out and do it. And like again, you move it back to when it was originally, then it's clashing with college GA and it's clashing yeah, with like you the can't National pay everything League. as well, yeah. But that just goes back to the overall calendar. It's clashing with the club month now as well. So that's yeah. another reason that they had to move but it think, because it was generally in April like, yeah. for the football, yeah. yeah. So I think regardless of whether you allow county players, senior players to play in it or not, it you shouldn't meet this time of the year. The, because it is getting it's just an afterthought then like if you're even just as fans it generate a bit of interest in, in it like you've got club GAs at its height now you've got the Ireland series you've got you know provincial like a lot of us been playing throughout the, when the senior provincial games are going on as well it's very hard to like keep on top of all of it to go to it but also who did I see was, was it, it was the Leash under 20s manager I can't remember his first name O'Loughlin um, he was considering not staying on he said he, he did an interview after the game they lost I think it was Dublin was it there at the weekend yeah after a great run up until then yeah yeah and he said, was saying the fact that he couldn't have the 
senior players that has just diluted their chances because he's looking at coming from the aspect of you have a Dublin under 20 team that are it's they've got the you know so many players available to them because you've got possibly the greatest senior team of all yeah, they're time. not going to break into it yeah, like, yeah they're hitting it last season whereas with Leash being ab- their best players being absent is such a has such a detrimental effect to them. is there anyone from under, Dublin under 20s that is on the seniors panel that can't play I can't think of anyone. Darren Gavin's for that now, isn't he? Yeah. So they had, like, I don't think there's anyone. No. And then these are missing. I can't remember. In the article, they'll find it online. Um, Just another disadvantage for them again. Can we just go back to the hurling, though, briefly? Um, There's another side of it, though, and you argued about the the Kerry lads on Monday show getting to play games. Um, You know, the squad players... Jonathan Lyon, I think, being one of them, who played a game on uh, the week before for Cairns Ratley. And is that right? For Legion, yeah. For Legion yeah, no, against exactly, Cairns Ratley, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, and he and wasn't the only one, Mush O'Brien. And that's and, great. They yeah. get to have games and, uh, you know, that's what players want to do. They want to play games. There is a similarity there as well, though. Like, I mean, these lads, what's David Clifford really going to do other than play that court game last week? He's just going to be training with Kerry, probably nearly give as much to it or whatever, where he's just going out playing games. They're not at the time of year where they're too stretched. They're not playing a million, million games. I think it is a little bit different with the Super 8s now and just to go to Mark's change and I think, but even with the hurling, I've never known it to be a massive disadvantage. And I know you're going to talk about Adrian Mullen getting injured for the, for the, um, twenties, yeah. You know, against Wexford last week. And that, that's a big deal, but it kind of could have happened anyway. And it's just, it's been going on for a long time and it's never been massively detrimental, you know, and it has let people found Form. And that brings me to Morris because he's been given a really good chance this year with Tip, and he hasn't um, come Take through us, with yeah. it. He's been poor actually, and even in the Clare game when they were absolutely dominant, he didn't really he didn't put his hand up and do anything there. And it's happened a few times, and he hasn't really done what Tip need him to do to be that extra scoring forward for them. And for him to go and be a kind of a leader in the under twenty team, get that last minute goal, a great goal, win the game for them. And he's going to go in now to that squad and he's probably going to be on the bench on, on Sunday. And he's just going to have a different level of confidence because of it. And I think they're, whether you're talking about blanket bands or whether you're talking about case on, case off, because you are probably getting to the point where, right, it's a semi-final. If this guy is centre forward on the team on Sunday does he really need to be playing a game on the Wednesday I do get that yeah. but should there be a blanket ban would it have done Jake Morris any good at all not to have played their night oh and I like, I agree with you to a larger extent like I think the blanket ban doesn't make sense at the same time I think like a case by case basis is probably fair but like, I, I, I don't think there's any there should be any expectation on Clifford and O'Shea to play and I think that maybe is what it's about is trying to manage load for those kind of players like I think it stood to if you take the Galway example it stood to the likes of Grealish who probably never got a chance that he wanted this year Fintan Burke who the whole county was excited about until he had the injury in the county uh, in the Ireland club final last year it stood to them to get exposure at under 20s yeah. when they weren't playing but like they're they're not playing exposed to senior week in week out but yeah. I think you can't overexpose players at that age but to go back again then Keen Lynch was on the Limerick team two years I think before he won an under 21 All-Ireland I remember seeing him like in, in, in Limerick against Clare as a kind of a, he was playing corner forward you know as this like 18 year old on the team and there was three or four of those guys who were already playing senior when they won the under 21 All-Ireland I think that under 21 at the time as it was was a massive massive ste- um, step in what they did last year yeah. And winning the senior All Ireland because I gen I just brought them. 
this tip team and it's one of the things we'll talk about or this Limerick team when we get into the Kilkenny game in a few minutes have a self-belief that probably no Limerick team have ever had before them and I think winning All-Ireland at that level was such a massive step for them in that like and, yeah, and I think the thing behind bringing it to under 20 was that, that players at that level are already playing senior and that you're already exposing them so this was just another copper fasten to say we need a clear distinction even if it's a blanket ban to, to enforce that distinction like what like, I do think it has to come down to what is your primary goal of developing under 20 of at, at that level and i like all what you're talking about is is part of that goal it's like developing a culture or like a winning mentality that kind of stuff which is obviously really important but the way that it has been shoehorned now rightly or wrongly in the format that it is i don't think it makes sense to have players playing both while they overlap and to be honest i think the old format probably worked better for players i think the, like the confidence that you got from playing now it was different for football because that was after the yeah hurling was like is more or less the same the problem is now that the games the senior games are earlier so they're on so top of them. It wouldn't exactly. have been, yeah. the Munster final wouldn't have been three days before an all ireland semi final you yeah. know but they would have been around the same time like yeah that's enough under 20s talk because there's senior hurling this weekend. Uh, important senior hurling. So, mm, who's the reigning champion? Gary's Gary. the reigning champion, but we've got to invite him in, uh, luckily enough. Uh, so, we can just pretend that didn't happen. Um, no, he'll hang on. He'll the, be. The, we we no. have to name an interim champion. Yeah, he's not here yet. So, uh, we've got to go back to an interim belt this is really turned into the UFC here there's more interim belts being handed out than there is hot dinners in this place okay. <laughs> um, and I eat a lot of hot dinners so <laughs> who's going to take on this week I don't think I deserve a shot after my <laughs> defeat last week and the fact that I'm from Cavan I agree this is the Horland show only oh I I, you could have just stopped that you're from Cavan there yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I can I can adjudicate right okay not only can I adjudicate, but I can add new dimensions to it. Because we only have two games. New dimensions. Week. New dimensions. So usually, it's you know, there's a number of games, there's lots of points on offer. Uh, there's only four points really on offer this week because you have the two games. Okay. And then I come up with a tiebreaker. But then I thought the tiebreaker is too much crack and we need to incorporate it into the proper game. So I can tell you now, I'm not going to reveal what the tiebreaker or what the non-tiebreaker <laughs> tiebreaker is. But there are nine points on offer in the guest the handicaps game right. this week. This so far is like, and, and Mar- I look at Morris, but he's clearly never seen it because he doesn't watch television. But this is like when Joey got a game show in Friends. Oh, I've watched seen he- Friends. <laughs> <laughs> You've been bamboozled. Uh, so yeah, this is going to be bamboozling. Right, I don't okay. know what the, the, there's more the, messing with this format than there was with under twenties. This is what. The, uh, yeah. We're not letting the senior players, Gary. <laughs> yeah, the champion. Yeah. He's been called up to the senior squad. He's not allowed to play. Right, I'm on board. Um, so first game, Saturday evening, six p.m. Limerick against Kilkenny. Morris, what's the handicap? Uh, I, Limerick are favourites for this game. I think. He looks at you, doesn't he? It's yeah. terrible. I hate being Quizmaster with Morris. He's always trying to get clues out of your eyes, <laughs> reading your mind. I think Limerick are favourites. I can't wait for this game. That's And there's a lot, load, loads of different reasons I can't wait for this game. But mainly it's the 2018 game that they played against each other. And I think that moment when after Richie Hogan's goal and Marcy got the ball and put over the bar was probably the turning point in Limerick season in terms of what it did for him. Um, Mick, can I ask you a question? Do, like, what do Limerick do with TJ Reid? I think that's going to be the most important thing. I, if, I, if, if Limerick drop off TJ the way they did last year and the way other teams are doing this year, I think they lose. I think you right. have to go and hunt them. What would you do? I think you have to man, put a man mark on him. And it's not Declan Hannon to do it, but I, I genuinely think you can't let him have as free a leash as Limerick look like they're going to let him 
yeah. I just I just don't think it's going to work. Why do you think they're going to? See, I like there seems to be a from looking on from the outside. Limerick have this real insistence that they're going to play their way and enforce that on other teams. So Kyle Hayes, regardless of what the Mahers do, will drop off and plays his game. Hannon, regardless of the impact that Bob has had up until that season, Hold drops off, center. holds the centre, yeah. does it anyway. So like I remember there was a really interesting moment in this game. The, the, it was in the league or the championship. Richie Hogan was injured, so it was the league. And he was interviewed at halftime. And he was asked about playing against Limerick. And he made it like a sl- just a comment during things. Like, it's really difficult to play when you, the, a team has got 13 men behind the ball. I was like, wow, that was interesting. Like, so, like, Limerick clearly play a way that's frustrating for Kilkenny. And they always do it. They, they're savage half work. And then they isolate their inside line. But at the same time, if Limerick do that, right? Like, if they rely on... What you're doing there is you're relying on one of... O'Donoghue, Garrity, Hayes to go and take TJ. But you have nobody hunting TJ the way Matthew Hannan hunts TJ. Mm. And that means that from puck outs, TJ's probably ends up free and winning ball, which we know he can do. Yeah. And his scoring ability, then he comes into a game massively. Like the, If you let him... Is he not one of the very few players in the country you can't let have as long a leash? Yeah, he is. Because we saw it and the only time that that's happened this year was in the, the game against Galway. And but then like, they tried to put a hurler yeah. on him. And it, and it kept... Here's the other thing as well. Is I think I think Limerick are a good bit better than Kilkenny. And Galway were too that day. The one time Galway showed up this year. And letting TJ off the leash kept Kilkenny in the game because that's how much damage he can do. And in the end, Galway were very lucky to hang on. Yeah. Only a bit of a referee who forgot to look at his watch was the only real thing that kept them from, from at least drawing or if not losing that game. So Limerick would have a similar... I think you're right to have that worry. Limerick are a smart team and I don't. I can't see them not... You know, having some kind of plan for that, and you know, maybe <laughs> maybe the plan is you know we go man for man, and TJ does a bit of damage, and he's going to kill us. But we know we need to play our own game to score more than Kilkenny does. But I'd kind of be along your lines of thinking that they should do something about it. I don't know who does that job though. Like the so like, I don't think it is Hannon. It, de- it almost not, definitely it's, it's, isn't. It's, so unless they bring someone out from the full back, oh, that's what I was going to say to you. Yeah, I, that's the after- like. Is there? Would it be unfair to say that if Limerick line out the way they do and just try and force them, like it's it is in a sense, is it a bit of like arrogance that could pay off that you're not going to willing to adapt to that extent to take someone like TJ? Like if Hannon is so insistent that he let, it's generally it looks like two to three points he'll allow his man his man score and he'll rely on himself to distribute the ball and set up something to counteract that. But like if TJ is given even a slightly longer leash than he's been given in the last two games, yeah. he'll do way more damage. Like you, 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 I think Cork and Wexford showed that you have to that you have to hunt them out, and if you don't do that, then they're potentially in trouble. The other thing is what can Kenny do with their forward line? I, this is something I've been thinking about all week because it'll probably be Mullen, uh, TJ Reid, and Richie Hogan will probably start. Then you've got one combination of Walter Walsh probably. You think Walter probably did enough that he's probably unless he's looking for that one big name to be bringing off the bench if somebody isn't performing. That's the only Cody does that a bit, but you'd have to think Walter yeah. probably starts. So there. in that case, right, you've got TJ. Uh, sorry, you've got Adrian Mullen, TJ Reid, Richie Hogan, Walter Walsh, Colin Fennelly, and then one spot left for one of Richie Lahey, the two Billies, who, uh, Billy Sheehan and Billy Ryan, who both came on and played really well last week. Uh, Jerry Edwards, who's been brilliant. Uh, kind of throughout the year John Donnelly scored two points against Cork like yeah. suddenly Kilkenny's options start to look a bit more like oh like they have that like scene. I don't know how much of an impact any of them will have from the bench which makes me think that he won't start Walter Walsh, yeah. and he'll start John Donnelly and one of maybe Billy Sheen in the other corner yeah well you have to think Lahey starts so that uh, there might be a space in midfield for him I don't know but um, 
you know, Fogarty will be there anyway. But like, I don't know. It it, it is interesting. There does seem to be a lot of outs like Donnelly, Aylward, Ryan. She and they all seem at a similar kind of level that they've been kind of coming in now with the team for what Mullins kind of the only one who's kind of put his hand up and kind of made the place his own, and the rest of them seem to like have a good day one day and maybe not another. You say Elwood's been good all year; he's been massively inconsistent the way he almost always has been since he's come into the yeah, county team, yeah. and never seems to do it two days in a row, you know. And you never you're always just surprised when you see him suddenly wearing number fifteen and starting, and then he could be gone after twenty minutes. So. Yeah, it, it goes back to the conversation we've been having all year of how good are Kilkenny actually, like in terms of the players that they have. And what you'll notice is, and one of the reasons I think Walsh might start is that as the year goes on, who are the people that we're talking about? We're talking about TJ, obviously. We're always going to be talking about TJ. But it's like Walter Walsh comes on, Colin Fenley and his flicks the other day, Richie Hogan suddenly back in form. You're talking about Connor Fogarty. You, I would expect, I, I kind of have a feeling that Killian Buckley might give us his first big game of the year. You're talking about Joey Holden coming back into the team and having a stormer. You know, Paul Murphy's there. Like you're talking maybe like uh, Hugh Lawler and Owen Murphy, obviously, as well. You're talking about maybe Hugh Lawler and um, Mullen being the only kind of two of any kind of new breed that are really kind of breaking through and making an impact like yeah like the, uh, it's funny during the week there i saw somebody share something um it was in response to an article in gaelic life by Stephen Poch wrote an article about basketball and gaelic football right and somebody else an analyst shared it and he said nearly every sport i've worked with th- their goals are the exact same so he made a list make the opposition shoot from distance or wide break down a defensive structure create more opportunities to win the ball from the opposition and shoot more often from better positions so i mean this is like you could look at 10 templates for different various sports from rackets to 18 aside and the resounding factors they're all basically the same like your main priority is the, is the same in all of them and on that idea right I, like i think that's actually if you look at analysis as a whole that's spot on like that's really it's, it's, it's you're, fascinating really you're, isn't you're, it you're, I'm literally going through sports in my head like a file of facts you're <laughs> thinking yeah it works for that works for that works for that tennis get them shooting from the baseline <laughs> <laughs> yeah. don't and bring them into the net on that idea so if you were to look at this game right Kilkenny are way more likely to adapt to Limerick than Limerick are to adapt to Kilkenny I think Limerick will go out and try and play their game based off that so TJ gets more space Joey Holden probably takes Galan they probably hold more their half back line to protect that full back line Podrick Walsh will probably push up on Hayes you mentioned Richie, La- Richie Lahey I wouldn't be one bit surprised to see him come in the field and him go after Lynch so then you've got Foley can do his thing of dropping off Lahey goes after Lynch suddenly they've counted for nearly all of Limerick's big weapons mm. in a scenario like that and Kenny nearly look ideally suited to match Limerick in that scenario so but, but like based off that I think that Kilkenny wow. could have a huge huge say in the, 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 I'm starting to fancy Kilkenny slightly which is weird because I think what happened in reality Mark is all that I've listed here is me trying to I wrote oh. off Cody last week and now I've swung around trying to justify it full 180 um, <laughs> but what's the regardless of who you think you think Kilkenny are going to win it I think I, I, go on put your money where your mouth I, is I think Kilkenny might win oh it oh my god I, lord I have this horrible feeling. I think, I think I said it on the show already that we're, you know, we've had this amazing revolution. <laughs> yeah, you did. And everything's happened. We're going to end up with a tip in Kilkenny all around <laughs> yeah, the final. Yeah. And how is that, that going to happen? Show, yeah. Or we could have Wexford and Limerick. It'd be like 96 and we'd be full on revolution years. I don't know. I'm so scared. Someone's going to have to grow a moustache for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's the handicap for Morris? It's a Limerick minus two. Mick, oh, that's a, that's it. I think I'll say Limerick minus. No, <laughs> oh, should I go the other way? 
I think it's minus two. Like, it is it? Uh, Limerick minus one. No, Limerick minus one. Yeah. One point to Morris. It's Limerick minus three. Oh, that nearly said it. Yeah, yeah, it's halfway out of it. Limerick minus two. <laughs> I just thought it's Kilkenny and people don't back against them and they they bet Cork fucking... Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> they bet Cork well, so... <laughs> that wasn't even part of a sentence. <laughs> but Mick... All is not lost. Oh God! He only got one point, which means that you am can. I even am I finished talking about that match yet? I'm so before you get on to tip at Wexford. I just feel the whole. I'm. It's Saturday six o'clock. There should be something class about that as well. And I hope. I presume Limerick will bring a big crowd, even if Kilkenny don't. But like. I can't see... I, I know what you're saying. I know you're looking at individual matchups, but there's too much of me that just sees Limerick as the team of the moment, you know? Yeah. And I don't think they'll be caught on the hop. I think they're very, very good mentally. Like, the way they've reacted to winning a first All-Ireland since 1973 has been really impressive. And we should mention that. And even, like, you know, if you want to take someone like Keen Lynch out of the game, you want to take someone like Hayes from by Walsh, you want to take someone on Galan... They've danger everywhere, though. Suddenly, Garrod Hegarty takes over that game then. Yeah, you know, yeah. In the kind of Hayes role, and then somebody else inside, be it Mulcahy, or look at the way that Casey played the last day, and he takes the Galan kind of scoring role, you know? I think they've enough, I do, I think they've enough good hurlers that yeah. no matter what happens, even if it is that we play our game and we just do more than, and we give Kilkenny certain wins, I think they've enough, and the, I do think they'll win. The interesting, most interesting match going into this weekend is the Monster, Monster Final, because... What's the narrative coming out of that? There's two different ways you could look at it. You could look at it that Kilke- or that Limerick were incredible in the second half and were the favourites to win a second of Ireland. Yeah. Or you can look at it as the Tipperary just stop playing and a lot of their lads not show up. And whichever way you look at it, then dictates what way you look at both games. Both semi-finals going into yeah. it. So Limerick weren't all that impressive in the group stages compared to the final. So, yeah. going into that then, you're giving Limerick Kenny every were chance. brilliant against Clare, though. And I know yeah. the narrative after that was, and rightly so, that whatever the hell happened to Clare those two weeks against Tip and Limerick, where they just were awful, and rightly so, that that was a bigger story. But Limerick were brilliant that day, and that was a must-win. And they've had two must-win. Well, depends what way you want to look at the Munster final, but that it was, was a Munster final at home. And having not won it last year either. Yeah, exactly. And at home in, the full t- in front of a packed crowd. And they had to do that twice this year, and they performed at a, a level, I think, above anything they even showed last year in both those games. Uh, but they've also didn't show up at all against Cork and barely even played against Tip in the fir- in the last round of the round robin. So we, yeah, you're right as to which is the real form line. Like. And it also, it's probably more interesting for Tipperary. Yeah. What's the real form line for yeah. them? Yeah, and that I haven't a clue of. The final thing, just quickly to bring up, it's not, this isn't hindsight analysis, it's just, it's an interesting question to look at, at this weekend, which I think we'll find an answer from. So Tom Morris, he was up doing media this week and he talked about this year being more about expectation. So he said pe- people expect a level of performance and a victory that they didn't expect this time last year, but that doesn't bother us as a group. We focus on getting ourselves right and we don't focus on what's going on with the public and the media. Now, it's all well and good in saying that, but you don't really know until the moment. Like You don't know until you know. Uh, and I yeah. think that that, that is a, a question they didn't have to answer last year. But there is, there's, without a shadow of a doubt, there's a huge amount of kind of that hype and expectation about this Limerick team. And it'll be interesting to see how a young enough team handled that this weekend. Yeah, that's a fair point. I will wait and see. Like, And that's you would imagine that Kilkenny won't be phased by anything that happens. 
And even like what happened. They really are. Yeah. Well, they're not. And and what's impressive about that, and I've been saying this all year, and I think I think what Cody's doing this year, almost no matter what happens, says more about some of his management than some of the All-Irelands that they won back in the day with the best hurling team of all time. Because to keep that kind of mentality and to keep that never beaten, and they weren't phased at all. Cork were 1-1 one, one to no score after about a minute in the last day. And... Kilkenny just tapped away, tapped away, tapped away, never beaten, and then eventually won the game easily. Like I think what Cody's doing to keep those levels as high as they are in Kilkenny without the players that they used to have or with aging players, aging great yeah. players, is it's phenomenal. actually if the win in Ireland this year, there's a book in it. Oh, it's like yeah. much more so than winning whatever in a row. And I'm writing it. <laughs> yeah, don't interview Cody. A waste of time. <laughs> Get what's uh, what's the one rule of GA Podcast Club, Mark? Uh, don't rule out Brian Cody yeah that's that's a, a lesson to bear in mind this weekend <laughs> we both did it a couple of weeks ago <laughs> so sorry you're asking me to spread on Wexford and tip yeah yeah. the the tip point you make is really good and that's why I haven't a f- clue haven't like, the foggiest foggiest is what I was going for there I thought it was a little bit English changed it to a clue uh, genuinely don't know because tip are tip were brilliant for four weeks and then they've been terrible for the last two and that's I don't want to be disrespectful to Leash because Leash did everything well. I was about but to Tip say, were really yeah, poor. And I was actually going to say to Tip get off the hook slightly. Even just and a lot of analysis afterwards, like everybody was talking about Leash and oh, you know, Jesus, that you know, knocked down fourteen, really impressive, and all this, and it nearly let Tip get away with it slightly. I agree. Yeah, that. I think you're dead right actually because don't forget the other thing about Leash is Leash were playing fourteen men for the whole second half against and and, and like their third game in three third, weeks third like third biggest game of their lives in three match, weeks yeah. yeah and they're like John McDonough team in fairness like as well as we've seen them do and as good as a, you're going up against potential Ireland champions and Tip should have been able to put them away even with Leash maintaining their dignity and you know and, and getting a lot of credit out of the game and they didn't do that and if it wasn't for kind of like they got goals at the right time and the sending off kind of came at the right time. There's four points in that game, and Leash were kind of on top. And you're like, they got the goal before halftime. They come out on top in the second half. And you're like, Jesus, what's going on here? Sending off, it's all over after that, you know? So Tip got nothing out of it, I would say. Um, I think players are falling out of form. Players that came into the year on absolute fire, like Bubbles, gone out of form. John McGrath's not hitting the ball. I've actually never seen John McGrath as out of things as he has been in the last few games. Uh, you know, Callanan is scoring, but he's not as involved. He's probably the best of them up front at the moment, you know. And there's no there's no one else really kind of establishing themselves outside of those big names either. So in the, as a forward, even though they've scored a huge amount, I was looking, telling you yesterday, Mark, they scored like 12 something 12 130 something in the championship so far in six games like you know they're scoring big numbers but i don't know if they're in form and i i don't know i fancy wexford but i feel that's dangerous you know yeah it's, it's interesting like liam sheedy we were laughing mark about uh his interview after the leash game but raging hot favorites wexford but uh raging hot favorites but, but, but since then right there was an interesting quote just during the week he said um, this is an interview with the Irish Examiner we pushed a bit of energy back in by taking a lot of a break in the early part after the leash game so preparations have gone extremely well and I can't honest, and I can honestly can't wait to get out on the pitch next Sunday so that's not quite bullish but it's pretty close another thing he said that was interesting right he said they've 300 minutes of data now thanks to 
the round robin so that from the everything that he can say I'd say Liam Sheedy is meticulous with how he goes through stuff so 300 minutes of data what he means by that is that because of the round robin format he's a lot of stuff for Tipperary to go back over to explore now he was talking about that in a Tipperary context that definitely applies more so in a Wexford context he's like whatever about being able to watch the stuff for Tipperary he'll be looking at Wexford and we spoke about Limerick whatever about Limerick may be changing up Wexford definitely won't so he knows exactly what's coming on the track for, 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 for Wexford in in you know by and large um, at the same time he's got Carl Barrett back and fit so I the against Leash Maher stayed in the full back line that experiment is definitely over I think he goes back to their half back line and has way more of an impact from there I think we'd all agree uh, in terms of his midfield partnership he'll have McGrath plus one of Brown or Breen coming back in so one of them will probably tag Jermyn O'Keefe and try and take him out that's what so that we we know that's what they'll do. Like we know that's how they'll try and set up to to match them. Uh, I think that that gives Tipperary a huge upper hand in terms of the both the Liam Sheedy impact and also in terms of what we know Wexford will bring to the table. But yeah, it's funny you mentioned some of those players and Barrett being back. It just dawned on me that Tips kind of the glue that kept everything together for that forward line and how they all thrived was all around Bonnermar. And since he's gone out. It's like John McGrath bubbles; their form has fallen off a cliff yeah. because he was he was doing all the donkey work, I suppose, for them, you know. Um, but Davy will also have a plan, and you say they won't change, and I know that they'll have a style of play. But Davy is actually very good at picking something from the opposition. Actually, Daly was brilliant at this when he was Dublin manager, but Davy very good at it as well, and he'll have something that we won't even know. It's, oh, we won't it's, even know. You can't yeah. predict it. The goalkeeper talking to a lad and hell <laughs> <laughs> behind him. But, okay. but he'll have figured out something How about Tipperary <laughs> that will be impossible for us to even predict because it'll be mad. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Now, my hope is that if it's not going well, that Wexford are adaptable. And that has been the biggest problem with every David Fitzgerald team is that they're able to adapt on the fly. And they have the players that, like they do. We've seen that they were brilliant in the Leinster final. Yeah. And, you know, if if things aren't going well, will Lee Chin be let off the hook? Will off, off the leash? Will Conor McDonald be let off the leash? Will even like someone like you know, even in their backs, like, will Liam Ryan be able to go and take over a game instead of doing the kind of man-marking job? Like, you know, so that that's what I want to see. I want to see them be able to adapt, even working within their original plan. Mark, you mentioned the famous man in the stand chatting to the goalkeeper, right? This So that, there was a, like, not a poor attendance, that's not fair, but it was a fairly empty enough hill and having stand. So that logistically, that was grand. So this weekend, they're talking about 65,000 being in this game, but the problem is that the the Wexicans, the Wexford fans will take the hill. They definitely will take the hill. So how do you organise that logistically to get a man down to the front of the hill and then back around to the Davin stand for the second half? And also, how do you distinguish that voice from, like, it's not it's, like it's, there's going to be, and it's not like he's not going to get instructions. You're going to hear Nicky Quill left the ball and then you hear, let out the fuck! <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, but that's what you told me to do. Like, oh, that was some random lad from Ennis Grorty or something. <laughs> Fanning, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> But yeah, like that's that's actually funny. I well, I think the for the the solution to Morris's problem would be to get two lads. And he was talking, <laughs> and give him yeah. two tickets, like <laughs> yeah. you know. And it's like I'm sure money's no expense. Uh, you know, get two headsets, two lads there, shout them, and then maybe like kind of come up with some kind of code. 
So it's like one, two, three, four, five, as opposed to like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> or, or, wait, 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 oh, Jesus, so, your man's open there. So, so what I was thinking was, instead of doing it that way, he could just, he could brief the Shoning Sands. Like the Wexford fans will surely understand. So he's like, listen, lads, I have to tell the goal. And then they'll all be in on, they feel like they're on the inside of the joke. So they'll be like, lads, shut up. And they'll be on the show. Like, and we think we know his name, uh, but I don't think it's fair to, to say it, but we think he knows, he knows his name. But let's say it's Mark. So like, as, as the ball goes wide, all you hear is a roar. Shut up, Mark. Where are you going now? <laughs> there, 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 I, I wonder the stage the, is yours. Again, Rick said, we don't know what David's going to do. So uh, maybe this isn't the plan at all this week. And it's actually to hire that lad from Happy Gilmore. Uh, who used to be just abusing Happy. And put him down to the Tipperary end. Hogan. <laughs> hey, Hogan. You suck. <laughs> the, um, the problem with one of your, uh, your plan there about the shushing is that uh, my personal experience with Tipperary fans that, again, I may have said before, which was... Uh, the, there will be some of them in the hill and their reaction to shushing as I've had in the past when I was uh, in a Tipperary pub after the 2010 All-Ireland Final a great night and everybody wanted to hear the team of the year and so the game so shh and this man was walking up the stairs just going Tip, 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 tip. And then, then he started shushing himself. So he go, tip, 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 shh. Tip, 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 So that would really, that would mess all kinds of plans up there if that man happened to be in the hill. Will Tiberi even turn up is the other thing. They haven't sold out the allocation yet. Yeah. That's the team uh, or the fans? There might not be... You were talking about this before we came in, about the, the amount of... Yeah, so uh, the GA have announced since... Yes, so all week they were talking about really low figures for this game. Um, they're talking about... So right now, they're talking about 65,000 on Sunday, which would be great, I think. And for Saturday, they're talking about... They've sold 40,000, and they're hoping that that'll get to 60,000. So if that's true, they'd be two great attendances. Now, that's... Yeah. Uh, that's a big hope. That's an uh, if, yeah. Yeah, but in if they if they look, we talk about this next week. But if they were to hit those targets, I think that would be a uh, really encouraging. I think it was. I was think it? Limerick will travel and Wexford definitely will. But you just if Tip and Kilkenny fans don't fully believe, they've been there so many times before. You just do understand that they might just. What was the expected crowd from Tip is fifteen thousand. But yeah, like so, they 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 have an allocation for the Cusick and the Hogan, and they haven't sold either. They actually have more than that. They're, 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 they're talking about putting tickets up on public sale from those tickets, so there'll be loaded tickets available for anybody who who wants to go. I think that's what they're on both of those figures. I'd say the hope is that they'll attract a good amount of the neutral fan, which they probably should. I mean, they should be two great games, so you'd hope that that would would see them over the line. Who's who's get, is this me? No, it's me. I think, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, our two converts. They must be. <laughs> oh God! I was listening. I was talking about this. Uh, listening to this uh, the other day, and so much discussion in hurling. It's so weird. Comes about like tradition. So it's like Wex Tipperary have so much tradition, and Wexford are the up and comers, you know. But but Tip kind of fear Wexford a little bit because they used to beat them in the fifties. You know, it's like it's so irrelevant, but it always comes into these conversations. And I think John Giles needs to be brought into <laughs> hurling analysis. You have to take each game on its merits. Oh, uh, Wexford minus one. Wexford no, minus one. No, Tipperary minus one. Tipperary minus one. Uh, I I'd say it's Wex. No, I was going to fall for Liam Sheedy trap there. <laughs> Eight and a half favorite. minus twenty six. <laughs> I say tip minus two. 
Let's say tip minus two. I'm, I, I can tell by your face I'm wrong. <laughs> you are wrong, but you're less wrong than Mick is wrong because it's actually tip minus three. Oh, Jeez, no. no way. So Morris gets another point. Thank God I've got a new room because that would have been such a depressing guess the handicaps. A 2 0 defeat. But I'm still well in it. All of you got it wrong. You're still well in it because there's still five points. Tip minus three. It's oh, lunacy, God. isn't it? Are you telling me David Fitzgerald will put that up on the wall? I know I, it sounds like a cliche, I but that's going on the wall. David Fitzgerald is going to get in a self-propelled harvester and cut out tip minus three into every field along <laughs> the motorway on the way up to Dublin. <laughs> I hope so. That's the way to do it. Because <laughs> that's, the thing that's outrageous for like a, 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 like tip of tip haven't done enough to be three point favourites against the Lens champions. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> they haven't. No. But every time we've ever got outraged about a handicap, it's always end up being right. So <laughs> uh, You're so right. <laughs> but now we're on to our bonus round in the Guess the Handicap special. Wait, so five points on offer here. And is it five questions? No. Okay. So here you go. I've got your pen and paper. You have. I tried to give you a little whiteboard thing with markers, but I couldn't clean them. And I tried Windeline and now... The room stinks of windowing. Um There was no need to discuss all that on air. No. But anyway, uh, I have a question for you. There are four answers. If you can get, you get a point for each answer you get right. If you get all four and in the right order, oh God. you get a bonus point, which will give you five points. Uh, we're going to put the countdown clock going. So Mr. Producer Man, uh, can you please start the countdown clock when I ask the question? Mick and Morris, I want <laughs> you... To name the current four favourites for Hurler of the Year and in the right order. You've got 30 seconds. <laughs> 30 seconds might have been too much. Mm. No, so I can't remember. What teams are left? Uh. So this is a point for everyone you get right. Okay. And if you get all four in the right order, you get a bonus five points. Sorry. Fifth oh, point. I'm I'm I, I'm taking out someone here. I'm taking. Uh, We're almost. You're down to three seconds. Do 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 ding ding ding. Time's up, lads. Jeez, that was oh, I pressure. I had to try and think of an extra player. I cut, so I just wrote down another Limerick player. I wrote down right, two Limerick, two experts. I, I, I could be miles yeah, off. Yeah, I should have. <laughs> I should have put Leach in, and I didn't. So we have the four favourites. Morris, what have you got? I've got Keen Lynch, TJ Reid. Uh, I scratched out Sean Finn and went for uh, scratched out Sean Scanlon as well sorry I went for Dermot O'Keefe and Lee Chin and Lee Chin Mick I have Aaron Galan, TJ Reid Seamus Callanan and Keane Lynch is <laughs> it, somehow written as that but. <laughs> well lads I can tell you that the current favourite for Hurler of the Year is TJ Reid right so that's one point that's one point for both of you didn't you have TJ Reid? Yeah, yeah. Or Mars? I think that's a bit much, isn't it? TJ had one great game and then it's just been good in the rest of them. Anyway, two games to go. Second favourite for Hurler of the Year. Aaron Galan. Yes. Mick pulls it back to 3-2 overall. Morris, you would know Galan? No. But we've got, we both have, oh, he doesn't have Callanan. I can tell you that the fourth favourite for Hurler of the Year is Seamus Callanan. Is Sean Finn. Oh! 
what? Morris. Okay. <laughs> He's literally only in there because of you talking about him. Look, look at that. I just scratched out. Morris has talked about him every podcast. He wrote a big long article I about him. I wrote an him. article about why he should win player of the year and I didn't put him down on the list. Okay, and I wrote, so we've only got one left. We both have left. Lynch and you have... I so I I you have, have Dermot O'Keefe, Dermot O'Keefe and Lee Chin writing down. Oh. And who do you have? I have Seamus Callan and Keen Lynch. Wait, Seamus Callan and Lynch. Sorry, it's it's Lynch Finn. Oh, sorry, it's one. Yeah, yeah. Just have, once there can be any yeah, order. Yeah, the, yeah. the getting it all right in order is out of the question. Now, okay. it's if it's Callan and I draw, if it's Lynch, I lose. And if, if it's O'Keefe, 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 of course it is. He I'm scored 92 goals this I'm season. I'm raging about that. So it's another tie break. It's another tie break. And I've just used the tie break I invented. So <laughs> I really, I really, over, I really over, uh, uh, what's the word? I really overlooked <laughs> the whole using the tie break as not a tie break and then leading to a tie break problem. Can we do fup? No, we can't do. Can we do her, young hurler of the year? Well, we can't because I've got no uh, phone or digital stuff in front of me here. So I'm going to do a different a different game. Okay. Can you, right? And this is going back through the years. It's a yes, no game. Think of the horror I'm thinking of right now. <laughs> Mick, as you had such a brilliant comeback. Can we just keep going until we get it right? Yeah, as you had such a brilliant comeback, I'm going to give you, so the yes, no, if you get, if okay. it's like what's nuts. Yeah. You can go first with a question. Can I just guess it? Well, you can, but if it's not right, then, he, it's his goal, yeah. but it comes back to me. Yeah. Kieran Carey. No. Jerry McInerney. No. Lads, you're going to have <laughs> okay. something to try uh, this Is day. he from Munster? No. Is he from Leinster? Yes. Is it Martin Story? It is! Oh, yeah. no, of course it's Martin Story! <laughs> I knew it was a moustache. I knew it was a moustache. <laughs> that was when McInerney was my first guess. Of course it's Martin Story! <laughs> Winner! <laughs> <laughs> The winner of it's the so award. obvious. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations, Morris. Your hurling knowledge knows no bounds. Uh, I'm delighted with that. Right, lads, we'll be back with you on, <laughs> on Monday to review all of these games. In the meantime, enjoy the weekend. Take it easy. Please rate the podcast. It's Limerick Wexford or, or Kilkenny Tip. There's no other possible all in finals. We'll hold you to that now come Monday.